0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Ride Boundless Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Ride Clean, the simple and easy way of keeping your stuff clean, not just your car and motorcycle. You simply shake, spray, and wipe, and it's magic. You'll get a mirror-like finish, UV protection. It's made and bottled in America. Check them out at rideclean.co. Use promo code RBpodcast for 20% off, plus free shipping, plus they're including a 2-ounce bottle, and four ounce of hand sanitizer. Check them out, rideclean.co. On this episode of the Ride Balance Podcast, I interview LitGo founder and cannabis mogul, Rezik, a.k.a. Rez, a.k.a. my boy. He is a multifaceted artist, discusses his journey to success, marketing secrets, and his out-of-the-box entrepreneurial endeavors. Endeavors. Ende- endeavors? Endeavors. Ha, you don't want to miss it. It's a modern-day genius. Litgo is the biggest cannabis dispensary in downtown Los Angeles next to the Staple Centers. If you stand at a certain angle, it almost looks bigger than the Staple Centers, and it soon will be bigger than the Staple Centers. So join me on this ride because it's it's a good one. You're going to enjoy this uh, towards the end of the episode or the podcast, I found out that, uh, Rez just got a streak light and we didn't even talk about that. Cause I was just so fascinated about his, um, about his business and, and, you know, what he's done to get there and how he got there. So, uh, I want to give a shout out and say, thank you, Rez, for letting me do this. And I want to let you guys know it's a, a very cool, intricate conversation. So here we go.
1: And there like swimwear, (laughs) P.O.
0: Rez, thank you for having me, man. Thanks for having me here, man. What what is is this? Where am I at right now? You're at the Leco Entertainment Building. Oh, man. This place is fucking beautiful, man. What's going on here?
1: Pretty much like my living room. Um, I made like a little clubhouse here. And then um, my living room, things got boring, and all of a sudden my living room became a venue and a party and started being parties and shit in my living room. Right on, man.
0: And the, the original building is the one across the street. Correct. That's the original. When did you get that
1: started? I got that started a little bit over three years ago. Nice. Um, I've had my license that the building's attached to since 2006, but um, since the law passed to go recreational, so when I started putting getting more involved and keeping my name on all the paperwork. And, Things of that nature. Being legit. Correct.
0: Being legit. How,
1: how was this whole
0: industry before all this even took place? Like, were you in it, you know, before? Like, in this like, industry. What's the I'm transformation? Been,
1: I've been in this industry since I was 11, 12 years old, bagging up. But you're what? How old are you now? I, mean, I don't want to disclose. No, you don't, you don't have to. I'm you. old enough. I was 25,
0: 25. Yeah, I'm like 22.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> nah, I'm old in the motherfucker. Oh, Jesus, a quarter, man. I'm, you know, like this weed shit keep you young and ravishing still. But um, but since 11 or 12, you've been in this. I've been in the game a long time. Um, so you've seen a lot of crazy I got, I got, shit. I got raided by DA Camp and Comet. I read about that. In 2000, 2006. Yeah, 2006. Got raided by DA Camp and Comet. They came with a helicopter, motherfuckers, machine guns down the rope. I've been through it all, pimp. They don't kill my dog over this weed shit. Fuck. Try to kidnap my son, my wife. I, 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 out bang outs, everything. Anything you could think of over this weed stuff, I've been there. I've been through it.
0: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember that old cop show, uh, P- uh, Cops. Remember yeah. that? I remember they busted a guy's door down. They slammed him and his girl against the wall. They shot his dog just for like a little plant, one single plant. You know, It's crazy. That. It's fucking crazy. And
1: now it's like completely legal. The difference between him and me is I had thousands of plants. and, yeah. we, and we had guns too. <laughs> yeah, but all our shit was legal and compliant. We got our shit back in the end. It was an expensive case. We had to fight, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then, and you were in the you used to live in the Bay Area too, right? Correct. I was in um, East Oakland for about fifteen years. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah. I lo- you miss the Bay at all.
1: I sure do. I love it out there. I man. know. So
0: do I. I mean, I lived in a Santa, you know, um, Santa Cruz County, and then I lived up in Frisco, NorCal, for a little bit. I really,
1: I'm really it's from different. LA. LA is my home, right? I'm from Me here, too. but Oakland, so small. Everybody knows each other. It's such a. I like to see people out there getting it and. Everything there is just so organic, the fun. There's no malls or nothing like that. No real nightclubs in Oakland. So we make our own fun in the streets and stuff when we turn up. And I just love that real authentic street life that Oakland has to offer.
0: Yeah.
1: L.A., we have Hollywood. We have the the booming nightlife, but it's a it's, it's different. It's a, it's a different environment. Correct. It's a different environment. I like both. You know, I like both, but um, I, Oakland's being gentrified right now, too. So I was there during like, a golden era during a special time, and I got to see some special things and really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. When, when did you become a, I mean, it always seems like you've always been in business. You've always been, you know, an entrepreneur. You've always been handling shit, but when, when was it in life that made you get here? Was it like family? Was it the way you were educated, the way you were
1: raised? Right place, right time, completely accidental, to be honest. I've always made money, hustled through my younger years, but I was more into like graffiti art and shit like that. So I was more like
0: were you making money off the graffiti art or just no, as a hobby? No.
1: I was hustling, selling drugs so I can go do graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so, you buy paint. so I could buy paint or or come up on paint so I could travel, pay for hotels for crew members. We can go out there and paint and do stuff. And as I got older, um, you know, and I still kept on painting, I figured like the weed shit was a way to sign myself with the painting. I destroyed East Oakland on the graffiti shit. I, I have over two hundred um I have over two hundred spots running in Oakland right now, still up to this day and I stopped doing graffiti over 3 years ago. I have 3 years sobriety from graffiti. Um knock on wood. Knock but on wood, man. That's crazy. Calling me and stuff and I love it, but I'm on my corp I'm on my the corp the corporate thugging change right now in my life. Um I looked at it like I was going to get out the street life, get into his legal life and it was going to be a uh, less gangster there's yeah. a lot more gangster than the street shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. You don't know that just jumping right in. A lot of politics, a lot of bullshit.
0: I know. There, there, there seems like there's a lot of politics, even even on the streets, you know, no, no matter what you do. Yeah,
1: I just like, try to ignore it, man. That's why I made my model lick over versus everybody. Everybody can eat a dick. I'm about to do me. I ain't going to follow what you're all doing. I'm going to run my own laps. I'm going to make you all follow what I'm doing. If I crash and burn, I crash and burn. Too. I believe in myself. I believe in my team. We're going to do something different and we're going to build a, a movement that hasn't been duplicated or something that hasn't been created yet. Our thing's way bigger than some cannabis. It's way bigger than some street life. It's it's a real movement.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and you're owning like this whole street chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, you own like I. I it, it's funny because if if you go if you drive past it, you, you see your building, obviously beautiful colors, lit mm-hmm. big lit go sign. But then as you start looking around and you're standing out there, you're like, oh. Licko right there and Licko there and, yeah. and this little fucker, the place next door, this building.
1: I'm trying to Licko everything. I'm trying to launch my Licko food trucks, Licko barbershops, Licko liquor stores, Licko clothing. You no, know, ain't nothing I ain't trying to do, man. I fucking put a Licko ambulance truck out there. Licko armor trucks to pick up your money from the bank. Licko everything, man. Licko condoms on your fucking dick. You know what I'm saying? Like Far. Licko everything, Licko ski masks, Licko band-aids, Neil neosporin. Like I'm trying to Licko <laughs> everything. When I say Licko everything, Licko, lick-o everything. tequila. I do Lico tequila, Lico champagne, there's no limits, Lico everything. When is this bad boy opening? Is this fully functional? Well, it was fully functional. I was doing private parties for like um, celebrities and stuff like that. And we threw some of the best parties in LA and uh, it came to a stop. And I'm just waiting on some permits and some licensing for it to be reopened again. Yeah. But until then, I'm just doing like small private things, you know, um, they can't stop people from hanging out in my living room. Yeah, I, can't, I just can't open it up to the public until I have things a certain way. Yeah, yeah, of course. And what's next for Lico? I'm really like, my dream with Lico is I'm trying to create the new Walt Disney with Lico with some legal cannabis money. Um, I see a lot of my competition. They're going a different direction. They're just trying to dominate the cannabis space and stuff like that.
0: Are, are you worried about, like, corporate America and all these fucking corporate companies trying to get in this
1: business? Yes, and, no, uh, like... Cause that, cause I, that, won't, I won't submit to them, and they fear me. I know that. But they got way more buying power than me, and they got infrastructure right. I can run laps around them because they got to have a board vote and get all this shit approved before they make a move. Yeah. I can make moves faster. My disadvantage is they got a lot more bread than me. My, disav- my advantage is, is I'm really from this shit. Their disadvantage is are not. They yeah. never did anything in the traditional market until it went legal. So, and... They're culture vultures, but also entrepreneur and businessmen. But they're jumping into a zone. They're jumping in the they haven't swam it. And the shark fin's out. Right. So some of them are going to crash and burn. Some of going to win, but there's such a different lane, they wouldn't be able to compete or wiggle how I wiggle. There's no dispensary owner that's out here, think that could wiggle like how I wiggle them because they ain't fucking with the pe- like the type of people I'm fucking with. And they wouldn't feel comfortable in some of the environments I'm in to fuck with the people I fuck with and I'm right at home in those type of environments because that's where I'm from.
0: Yeah, because some people, the reason I ask is some people are, are thinking like, you know, right now is a big green rush. Like, you know, anybody and everybody can make money right now, and this is the time to do it. But a lot of people believe that in about five years, or six years, you can make this money, but then corporate America's gonna come in and try to
1: buy everybody out. Yes, they are. Like, I'm gonna be honest. What I see, this is speculation. it's no proof or facts. But this is what I know in my heart. They're gonna eventually say, we's gonna be able to leave state lines. Right now, if you have a dispensary in California, you only can buy weed in California. If you have a dispensary in Vegas, you only can buy weed in Vegas. If you have a dispensary in um, Colorado, you only can get weed in Colorado. Um, So once they open up state lines, everybody's going to want to have their weed saint grown in California. 100%. So everybody who has a cultivation California cultivation license, they're going to pay you 100 times more than what it's worth to make you sell. So I said I don't want to sell. Let's say my license is worth a million dollars for two million, and I say, like, "Here's two hundred million for your license." and People are going to sell that don't want to sell. Why would they pay so much for a license? Because they want to buy every single one and control the whole market. A diamond's not a yeah. valuable stone. They limit how I many diamonds don't come out every year to keep the value on diamonds. Yeah, they got like a huge vault where they lock them up so they can control the whole market. Sometimes weed, the inflation behind. Sometimes the ticket behind during the drought, and then boom, everybody harvests. Now the weed ain't worth shit. So some years the weed ain't worth shit. Sometimes weed's worth a lot. You know yeah. the way. The traditional market works and stuff like that. It's like the stock market. So what happens is someone buys all the licenses for all the legal market for California. They can make whatever price they want, and if the people don't pay, they can't get no California weed. Right. So if they get ninety percent of the license and overpays for it, they they control pretty much the whole market in the United States at that point. So that's that's why I'm trying to lock in these mini cultivation licenses I have, even if they're not operating, and be able to hold that so I can win during that transition, and right. still hold my shit. So like I that's really don't I don't really want to sell. I think selling to them. It's letting our peoples down. Like, what about our kids' future and our future's future? And that's kind of like why I don't want to take Lipco public because I don't want to be at mercy on my shareholders. I want to be able to to paint my dream. And they're not going to see my dream, I feel like, the way it is. So I feel like right now what I'm trying to do is find people that came up, that self-made, in a similar position as me, that came up from the streets or whatever, and we make our own alliances so we can actually be a force. When they come in and buying up licenses, we buying up licenses too. We a factor too, and we got some say-so, and we got some shares in it. Yeah. So letting all our equity go. But it's hard because where we come from, we be in competition. Oh, so-and-so, fuck him down the street. He doing that. I'm doing this. All that type shit. That's and we petty. Got, and we got to squash all that shit for the bigger picture and get together. Yeah, that's all
0: petty, man. And let he that, that shit go.
1: Work together. When, they, when, when, when the Rockefeller's and these bankers got together and they all competition, when they made the banking system and shit with the Federal Reserve, the motherfuckers was, had beef with each other. They had a secret meeting, squash all that shit, and got the bag. We could do the same thing. That's the real. definitely. That's fucking the
0: real. Who who are your biggest competitor? Who are your biggest competitors right now? Are I you worried about them? Not. I don't worried think about
1: them? I have any competition. You know, people will say so and so is your competition, this your competition. You my vision and where I'm going, dudes, is not going where they are going. They're just comparing me with some cannabis shit, but they haven't seen what I'm about to launch or what I'm about to do. I, I don't think a lot of people know wh- wh- what you got
0: going on and yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, you, your, your social media game is insane. Fucking love that. And and that's, I guess. I guess, well, obviously, you're only showing people what you want to show them. But exactly. like, well, what would you say? That's the tip of the iceberg? That's Taking like 10%, I 5%? I feel like this.
1: The stuff you see on social media, my real shit, I don't put on social media. Yeah. Because my real shit, I'm trying to get money with. And once it's on social media, it's diluted, and I can't shop it. I can't get a big network to give me some M's for it. Yeah. So I spoon food some shit on social media, but there's a lot of shit I'm working on that no one knows about. It's a lot of shit that's, that they're going to see. I believe, um, I believe in showing proof. So with that being said, I don't like talking about shit. I like being about it. So instead of me saying I'm gonna go do this over here, nah. One day you'll wake up and bam, like, oh shit, he did that, you know. And I look at it like you don't have dreams, you make them. So no one's gonna make my dreams come true, but me, and me taking baby steps to make my dreams come true. Let's say me and you have the exact same dream. Let's say we work together. It's only so many words in the English language where we can say the exact same thing, but it could be painted completely different in your head than my head. Right. And I said, I thought we were tracing this dream together. And you would be like, boom. And you break it all down to the words. I'm like, damn, but that's different than my shit, but it sounds the same. Right. So it's just like, what makes me different is I'm real hands-on, it's my weakness. My weakness, it's pros and cons. It's I'm here every day. Fucking with the people, fucking with the community. Uh, seven days a week, team no days off, going hard. You know, I don't have to do this shit. I don't have to come to work. I got people that can run this whole shit for me. I could be at home smoking once do whatever the fuck I want, do anything I want. I do this because I want to touch the people. I do this because I want to give people outlet, creativity, I do this because I want to inspire people. I want to show people who grew up like me that they could do anything with their life. I also feel it's my, um, I feel like it's my obligation to say, to, to fuck with people that don't have nothing and try to make something out of nothing with them. So it's like, I be trying to save a lot of people and help a lot of people. And maybe I like got out of 20 people I try to help or whatever, if only one or two make it, it was all worth it. All the bullshit that they put me through and everything was all worth it. And so when I say, like, I am nothing without my people. And my people are not my people because my people are my people. Like, I'm, I'm nothing without my customers. I am nothing without the people that come in my store. I am nothing without my fans. My fans, they, all those people is make the brand what it is. I'm not even a brand. I'm a movement. You know, I started as a brand and I realized brands got style and we created a movement. So like the momentum of what we're doing, I'm like, I don't wanna put too much out there but it's bigger than some weed. Where we're trying to go with it. I got I got at least fifteen people I don't know with Lyko face tattoos, tattooed on their face. That's crazy. And the fifteen people that you know of. No, I don't know, but oh. I met. Oh, like, They're met. not my friends. They ain't no homie. Like no, 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 no. no that, 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 but you that you've seen coming the store right. and yeah, you know, you me seen. love. You know, and now that I see that I sponsor them, I, I look out for them because I appreciate the love. That's that's crazy, man. How, how does that make you feel? That's crazy. I didn't realize. <laughs> that's fucking. I mean, it's badass, but you yeah. make me. It's gonna be like what? It's 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 uh. It could be overwhelming at times. Yeah. It's on some Spider Man shit with great responsibility, some great power, great power comes <laughs> great responsibility. Ever? Spider Man said that shit. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, uh, uncle Ben said that shit. Yeah. So I'll be Spider-Man's looking at it. Sometimes I be getting tired of this shit. I be working so hard. going, like, man, I got money. I don't have to do this shit, man. What am I doing? Might as well be home. And I think about all the people that depend on me, their families, their kids, the future I see where they're gonna be able to level up, see me do certain things, they're gonna be able to apply to their business, the businesses I'm helping them start. I'm like, man, that's that's reward. I don't even have to make no money. I guess so much um, reward from seeing other people making success and all my haters and people that try to destroy me success, the worst revenge. And, no. and you see a
0: lot of fucking haters. You oh. see a lot of hate. I, I think I was just looking at your Instagram right now and there was a post,
1: a shooting or something right in front of the, the, yeah. the spot. Yeah, we get a lot the of. Dispensary. Hate. And like, even with that a shooting at my spot, right. And, and so I had to get hosed down. And when that happened, what dispensary owner would ever post that on their page is how different we are. Who in their right mind would post that on their fucking page? Yeah. It would hurt your business. It would scare people from shopping. But I had to let them know it's lick versus anybody and everybody. You come here, get the smoke or you can get that smoke. We for the people. If we ain't going to be bullied. We ain't going to be pushed around. You know, this shit legal. So you can come over there try to act silly and do some dumb shit. <laughs> we can handle business yeah. and be good. We had to close the store for a few hours and we opened right back up. And... We're the only store during the riots. We survived four riots. Stores next to us were being looted. A couple guys died on our block while all this was going on, and we stayed open for business like nothing happened. You no, guys didn't get hit? No, nah, not even once. See, no and, one that, tried and, us. And, and and the reason no one tried, no one even tried us. Th- that's impressive because, 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 because well, we're, cause we're here. and We had a presence, and we're from the streets. Well, not only
0: that, but you you must have a good relationship with the people on the streets. You yeah, know, right, and people saying, and the, we're from and the, and the, the rumor
1: people. on the street is, you know, there, there's respect. Yeah, because a lot of places got hit. No, a lot of places got hit, but I fuck, like, like, Litco, we represent all hoods. So, like, I don't think I don't think any dispensaries ever supported gang culture and shit like that. And, like, I don't pick no sides or nothing like that. I don't gangbang or nothing like that. But I show love to to all sides. And the card. I even try to get some people together to let certain things go. I got them making music, doing different things together, positive shit. And that's what Litco's about it's, it's trying to be on some grown man. Um, what I try to do is, like, really just, like, build on some, like, Black excellence, Latino excellence, people working together. Everybody, everybody, see a bigger picture—a bigger picture than us all fighting, trying to kill each other's brothers. Now, due to lost loved ones and stuff like that, and people care about, you can never squash something—a war that's been going on forever with dead right. ones and people mourning. But what we can do is try to um, create something positive out of that, you know, which is could be music. Some type of truth or some type of understanding that that can cease violence and create more peace.
0: Do Do you think? Uh, I mean, I I believe it's it's a little better, but isn't it crazy how like before everything was was you got to hate somebody just because of what side of the street they're on, what area code they have, what color. Do, I do you think at, that's getting better,
1: or, or do you think it's it's still the same? I just totally understand it on all levels. I look at gang banging like religion. That's this is the best way, and I'm not a gang member but like I know a lot of gang members. I grew up with a lot of gang members from all different hoods. And the way I see it is, like you don't pick what religion you're in. You do when you're older, but you're born into your religion. Your parents was a Christian. You go to church yeah, on fucking Sunday, true. you're a Christian. Your parents was a Muslim. You know, you're a Muslim. You read the Quran or whatever. So like these, like, like these gangs now are generations, you know? Like, these are, these are like, like people get born in their hood. Their daddy be from their hood. Their parents was from the hood. And it's a tradition that's been going on for generations, for generations with lost loved ones in your family. Can't just let shit go. So, because I, I understand it, I just and I also seen a lot of things. I was around during the L.A. riots. I remember the first gang truce and stuff like that. That gave me a lot of inspiration when I was younger. And um, I want to I want to help these guys get away out from the life that they're living. And I feel like if I'm in a power position where if I'm in a position where they can listen to me, and I got some type of influence where I can save a life or change someone from going for prison for the rest of their life, I want to do that. Fuck the money. I want to do that. Cause I don't care about the money, man. You can make money anytime. I can make right, money, but in the money help. The money helps you create opportunity for yeah, people. But if you create opportunities for people, the money's gonna come naturally. Right. Because the world's gonna bless you. That's why like I feel like I'm so blessed. It's because I'm blessed. Because before I used to chase money, right? When I was young, I was hustling. I'm like, fuck it, get money. All my people around me was like, whatever. Yo, you're gonna go get this, man, quadruple up this now. I said, I'm gonna keep on doubling up, tripling up that. It's getting the money, man. I make too much money, then people in the area with the power want to tax me. You making too much money over here, you don't have to cut me in. You got to pay your rent. You got to pay these taxes. Like that shit. felt like man, I ain't no sucker. I ain't no bitch. I ain't gonna go out like that. So eventually, I wanted to go somewhere where I could create my own power or have all the power where I'm at. So I finally created some power where I was at. Well, knowing that I didn't have to tap in with nobody, and I was able to control all my shit. And when I had that, man, I didn't like it because you have to rule with love and fear. You rule with love, everybody think you're soft and you gotta really hurt people. We rule with fear, you don't have to hurt people, but you gotta hurt people in the beginning to keep up it's always ducking. Yeah. you. And, and it wasn't the way I wanted to, We say, run my ship. And then when I was doing all that, I realized I didn't have the power because everybody with influence really had the power. Because I always had to break them off. But the people with influence didn't realize how much power they have because they don't see themselves as a leader or a power piece. So I decided right now, with well, my movement, is the most important piece is the influence. I'm gonna chase the influence, man. If I control all the trends, the trend settings, the trend setters, I control the whole fucking game. So
0: that's fucking smart, and that's true as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's just true. I mean, that's completely. Uh, that's the definition. I think outside the box. Yeah. So you know, because you, you otherwise you're gonna be stuck in a system. You know where it's like power, love, power, love, power, love, yeah. hate, fight, you know? So but he, you just he,
1: stepped out of it. and You said, hey, fuck it, it'll be the influence and everybody's going to be on your doorstep. Correct. So like, let's say like when I jumped in the weed game, what I was going to do? I was looking at everybody's IG page, like, you know, figuring out how I was going to brand my um, dispensary, you know? Before I just said, and after I said, fuck it, I'm just going to do what we normally do here every day. But first I was trying to do like the corporate thing, see what they're doing. So I'm looking at the pages. Everybody's page looks so generic to me. They all look exactly the same, identical because... You got to stand like if you had a brand or he had a brand, you guys pay a professional photographer to take all the pictures. Right. So when you guys take all those pictures, those same pictures, when you put your brand on a shelf, the people at the stores recycle those pictures. They're like, here's these pro pictures I took. Use this for your brand. So every single IG page has the same pictures from the same brands. It's all generic. It's the same generic fucking supermarket. Swack. whack. Um, so and it's I, not natural. Man. Not natural. Then I saw some of the pages that was doing good. With the sick ass pictures of the bud and they're all looking all super delicious and frosty. And then you see the other ones with the buds and the naked bitches, right? So I said, man, what I'm going to do put the buds and the naked bitches and the ass shots. But I have to compete with these guys and they already dominating that lane. Or I can do the shit with the bud shit. They already dominating that lane. And anytime I put weed on my page, my shit was getting flagged and stuff. So I just said, man, fuck that. I'm just going to carve my own lane. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to do our own shit. And we carved out our own way on that shit. We say we ain't gonna follow what anybody else doing. We're gonna do our own thing that's so unorthodox that people are gonna think it's gonna fail. Think about this. The guy told me this the other day. He said, Rez, you a genius. I said, why? He said, I thought you were fucking nuts. I said, why? He said, three years ago, I saw you went and got Joker from Hollywood Boulevard in Welvin. And like Welvin was sleeping on the streets and you, you took, you brought him back. And who would have thought like Welvin and the Joker, you'd be able to do all this cool shit with them? We thought you were nuts. Like you have a canvas dispensary and you're talking about the Joker and, and the D's nuts guy is gonna make that shit pop. What shit they did. Yeah. So like and he's like, damn, I'm looking at the shit that you guys are filming now and the things you're working on. Shit it's look fucking good. big. You, 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 you had, know, the but, had the vision before. I had the vision. Some people don't see the vision till you actually doing stuff. And then when people see and do stuff, now they generated more work where they're getting all these different put all these different directions, and got bags coming to them. so what gave you that mindset? Like like I I, I get it, the neighborhood and things and no, luck, but but what I'm the underdog. And because I'm the underdog I've always accepted a challenge and won because winning or losing are options. And I always root for the underdog. So Joker and Weldon were underdogs at the time I was an underdog. I'd rather build something from the ground up with somebody so there's loyalty there. First is you fuck with someone already up. They don't need you, you don't need them. There's no loyalty. I fuck with the underdogs. I'd rather fuck with the underdogs and build something from the ground up than fuck with someone, something already built any time of the day. It lasts longer. That's the fucking truth. Last lasts longer. It's harder. it's harder, it's yeah. more work. But what happens when you fucking with someone already big? They cocky. They got egos. All whole bunch of things get evolved, and they, and you, then you sit there stuck with your dick in your hands. You build something on the ground up where everybody, man, you a team, and everybody remembers the struggles, everything you went through. Yeah, I remember fucking when we had to paint this and do yeah. that and grab that, and we had to stay open extra hours and All fucking hustle. Awesome. Yeah, you know? it's that experience. It's that, and that experience that and everybody that's what builds did. the bond. You know, the bond where. People won't hold each other down no matter what the bag is, no matter what we're going through. The little bullshit arguments, the little right. bumping
0: heads and stuff, the fucking frustrating parts, the long nights. Yeah, that makes sense, man. That's, a,
1: that's some great advice. But where did you learn how to do that? Who taught you this? I'm self-taught. I, think, I don't think anybody's taught me, but I'll put it like this. I like, how I got in the weed game is I had warrants out here. And um, I had warrants. I had to go sit down. And I just had a kid. And I wasn't ready to sit down. So I wanted to go up north, make some weed money, and turn myself in on that warrant, you know, take care of all that. So I ended up on the farm, Um, this guy named Eddie Almena. He was the first person to ever grow marijuana in city limits in Mendocino. And I was there, I watched his house get raided, and they didn't cut down one motherfucking plant. Not one plant. Fuck, what was the reason for that? And I saw that, I said, I'm never going home. All the money I made on his ranch, I went and got me my own ranch. I did my own outdoors. I Stayed in Mendocino for like six years. I got busted by Camp and Common had a big case out there. Got charged with over four thousand pounds, over two thousand plants um, outside. I was going hard, you know. Um, I had the dispensary, so all the plants run the dispensary. And thank God we had the four twenty card. It wasn't on all this new shit where it all it all panned out. But it was costly. I took some else, you know. I took a lot of wins though too. That's how the game be. But but you literally just went out there, visited a boy. And then he got raided, and you're like, "I'm staying." I gotta elaborate. I'm sorry, Pam. Yeah, I I'm was sorry, like, "Man,
0: that's some fucking."
1: <laughs> so, so, um, my child's mom at the time, sister's husband was growing some weed for this guy named Eddie Elmina. She's his uncle or whatever, and they needed someone to hold this shit down. They had a whole bunch of hippies out there. They need someone a little smart. Yeah, it was all hippies. One, 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 watch the bread. So they had me come out there. But this is what they did. They went and told everybody, yo, he from South Central. we all go to sleep, he's stealing all the weed. He's out, like like I was gonna rob the place or do some silly shit like that. Yeah. I went up there, I realized none of these Harry Potter looking motherfuckers was my friend. I knew like none of them fucked with me and they had all their little cliques and I was out there pretty much by myself. So I didn't wanna go home. I knew I'd be the first person to get sent home because I'm not really in the circle like that. Yeah. And I didn't know they were hating on me like that but because they said I was gonna steal everything, Eddie Almeida was watching me like a, a hawk, thinking, oh, I'm trying to steal all this shit. Right. I was watering the plants for free, pH in the water for free. I didn't know even people got paid for that shit. I looked at it like, I should be paying you to learn this shit. It was a paid intern. I couldn't believe the opportunity, so I worked so hard there. The guy who brought me there was supposed to get the opportunity to get on, and he, they offered me you know, $250,000 to start a ranch because they saw how hard I worked and how I could take care of the plants and how um, responsible I was. And I declined that, and I started my own ranch with my own with my own money. And they still helped me. We stayed friends. I did my first thing out there in uh, Ukiah. My first grow. My landlord was trying, My first landlord was trying to extort me over the weed shit. Um, Steve Young, he owns the Bluebird Cafe off the 20. Steve Young owns the Bluebird Cafe. Um, so I told him well, like, it. Yeah, I was on Yeah, I got 150, I rented 150 acres from, from him. It was like for five racks a month back then. And I, was, and I was on the end of, um, we'll go up low gap until it turned into Pine Ridge Road, and we're all the way at the end of Pine Ridge Road. All the way up there, deep in the cut, man. We had a whole hundred and fifty acres out there and we're going hard. I told him I wanted to grow weed, I told him everything I wanted to do, he told me I was good, just pay the money. After we get set up, he said he wanted um, 30, 30, to 40 percent of our harvest. I said, Well am I giving you 30, 40 percent when I'm paying you rent? If you would have said at the beginning I wouldn't pay rent, we could have worked something else. So he started trying right. to extort me. So that, that was after like three months. No, this was like he waited until it was around harvest time. Right. So I told him to eat a dick. So then he starts trying to evict me and to extort me and all that and telling me to eat a dick. He called camp and comment on me. It's the first time I made camp and comment before they busted me. Yeah. And they came up there and saw like, back then only had like, I had like 200 plants and they weren't the best looking plants. Some dudes came up there, and laughed at me. Right. And said, I hate hippies and your landlord's a hippie. And he's saying I'm in cahoots with you and you're paying me off because I don't want to come up. It makes my dick hard to rip out plants, but I do not want to come over here for this little bullshit patch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he threw me back my shotgun. So you all get you know, you do say you all take it to court. So when I went to court, it showed that they gave me a pass you couldn't do nothing. nothing the same guy busted me six years later when I got bigger mastered my shit <laughs>
0: with a different attitude with a different attitude obviously yeah what it is so. <laughs> that's crazy yeah that's crazy how life goes uh, in a full fucking circle it does so, so you were right, you're right you're you're serious right place right time just what that's right. where life took you that yeah. was the course you
1: were in right I was just at the right place right time and I was dedicated and a lot of people get opportunities but to really but they it, fuck it up they fuck it up because to take advantage of your opportunities you gotta sacrifice your personal happiness Right For the last three years I've been building liquor. I've been having fun. It may look like I'm having fun at the grandma and all these party shows and shit, but I like spray painting on shit and fucking shit up. I like destruction. I like shit. I can't do no more having my name on this business. right. I you like have too much
0: responsibility great responsibilities. responsibilities, correct.
1: So what's fun for everybody else may not be fun for me. yeah um, I look at it like um I've sacrificed a lot because I work seven days a week now. I ain't took no vacations, I haven't done that, and I could put people to do what I do. But they're never going to do it like me. Yeah. So I just got to do what I do.
0: And that's when shit fucking starts collapsing.
1: Yeah. So I look at it like I'd rather work seven but days a week. You can't run hours all the spots. Oh, no. I can't, but I can't. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. But like. I Kind can't. of. <laughs> I used to have a problem when I used to have like these big ass grows, like these hundred, a lot, a lot of um big spots, right? And like we fucking want like a whole bunch of 30 light rooms or 100 lighters and stuff. It's a lot of work. And um, I used to hire help, right? And I have to go train to help. And while I'm training to help, it's like, why am I even paying you? It's like I'm doing it all myself anyway. You yeah. know what I mean? It becomes like a mind fuck. And then like hiring growers is always the hardest thing because everybody says they ain't the grower. They can grow weed so good. They grow weed so good. I mean, I not growing weed and need a fucking job. So it's right. always, always lies. So with growers, so I always try to get someone to have no experience. You get someone with experience want to do their own thing and fear for what you're trying to tell them to do and fuck shit
0: up. And Isn't that funny how that shit works, man? You, you hire somebody with a little bit of experience. That's it. They shut their fucking doors. They don't want to learn nothing new. They mm. want to be stubborn and do the same dumb shit Correct. that they forget why they're even at your doorstep asking for a fucking job. Correct. Or if you get like, uh you know, in the car business, they call them green peas. Like if you get a green pea that just doesn't know shit, they're... They're more open. They're more open to, you know, learn. How do I do this? How do do that? And you teach them the right way.
1: That's what I look for in everything. Because like, I want a corporation and everything, but our structure is a lot different than a corporation. Like, we don't run the art. We're a movement because we treat our people different. We're our people because we, we, we a movement because we all one. Yeah. Those so spots, big dog people, and don't treat the people that's making the money right. It's different. Different thing here. It's completely
0: different. Uh, do you think uh, you're, you're gonna
1: ever franchise? I do want a franchise. I have a lot of opportunities. Have you started? I have like six spots that want to franchise with me right now. Um, I've been falling back on it just because one, the, the time, the energy, and I feel like I still don't got this mastered all the way. It's almost there, but like you, the whole system and the operations and just how like the day to day. What I want this to be exactly, you know, and my vision. Once you create that vision, you could duplicate it. But if I was to try to duplicate this now, when it's not exactly, yeah, it might be a past people's standards of what they see. Like, this is better than anything, or it's past my standards, but if it don't meet what you're trying to do, because they're not going to have your same vision, you do start duplicating, you're never going to reach that vision, because now you're duplicating what you got. Now you're spreading yourself more thin, you got all these things going. So I want to add a few more touches to Licko, and then I want to start the, the franchise, the franchise movement. The way I want to do the franchise that's too. That gonna blow up so fucking quick for you. Yeah, I think it's a marriage too. And I want to franchise with the right people. And that's what makes it hard. There's a lot of people that come with me with the franchise opportunities or long corporate money. And and I might say I wouldn't work with long corporate money, but I'd rather work with somebody who came up like me and be more supportive to that. Because I know a lot of time the corporate money, they want to invest and they want to, they want to invest and do all this stuff. But those are the same people that would have called the police on me right. before this was compliant. These are the same people that would have had me arrested or called the police on me smoking weed out, walking down the street. These are the same people that don't have no love for my people or this game. These are the same people that would frown upon me and wouldn't even shake my hand and look at me like a filthy person if I didn't own Lico. if they didn't know I own Lico. Right. These are the same people when I'm in the room and they don't know I own Lico, they treat me like shit, then I own liquor. they all want to suck my dick. So, like, it, it becomes a, a weird thing. You're... You're sharing your baby. It's like having a baby, and be like, "Yo, man, it's gonna blow up, man." But you should just make um, just let your baby travel on this tour. Be like, I don't know who I want to touching my baby. What if someone molest my baby?
0: <laughs> yeah, what if someone molest yeah, my baby? Fuck,
1: man. I want the money. Don't get me wrong. But but I just want the right. I, I just want the right team.
0: You want the right team, I, but I, I, I think I think that. I think franchising is gangsters, fuck, because mm-hmm. because franchises. You, I'll let you be lit, for a certain percentage and a certain dollar amount but you do shit like this you fuck up mm-hmm. you, we, that's it we take that license away or that you know authorization and and you can expand but it's still that person's responsibility because they invested the money that person has to take care of it and make sure that it's fucking cool at all
1: times. Yeah, I got, I got some of my young homies. I ain't going to say no names on here because I don't want to make no one hot. Came up to visit me. He got bread. He gave money. He's like, Rez, what's up, man? I do a lit co up there in the Bay. I told him I fuck with people like that because those are people I came up with. Yeah. See, like, if it's my friends and people I know that's getting it, yeah, we could franchise all day. But then well, how do I know you ain't going to fuck my brand up with the integrity I already built? Yeah. And then when you're building something the way I'm building, it's like so left brain radical. So unorthodox, so opposite of what like a lot of people are doing, it would scare a lot of people. Or they wouldn't understand it until they actually see the we say the results.
0: Right, I mean that's a, that's a, you have to look at things that way. Obviously, you you've seen things before anybody else, but it also could just be you know a little bit dumbed down, simple. And just be like, this is how we do it, and just get as many franchises. Well, if you, you want to
1: s- do some franchises, your bags long. Let's talk after this interview. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> it's not about
0: that. I'm, j- I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing how fast that can blow up. I mean, just yeah. just seeing what you've done in the few years. It, it's 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 almost crazy that you haven't done it yet. Yeah. And, and and I'm not trying to convince you or no, invest or anything. No, no. I'm here because I'm impressed really, with what I, you I, got.
1: I really need it, though for me to be a factor in this industry. I really need like a a on Northern California car, I need another litco in a Southern California car, maybe like San Diego. I want the Midwest. I want Vegas. I need New York. I need, I need, I need Georgia, I need New York, I need LA. I need all these spots. You need
0: all the spots, yeah. Yeah. So
1: if I really want to take over this shit strategically and like really be a factor out here, like to my full potential, I need a lit in Oakland. Yeah. Or San Francisco. I need a litco in SAC. I'm definitely going to need a lick in San Diego for the California card, to, just to start on the California card. Of course. And then, you know, San Jose would be a plus or something like that. But for the California card, then I would need I would need Georgia. I would need Detroit. I would need New York. I would need um, Boston. I would need Baltimore. I would need all them hot spots, you know, to, to really be able to start spreading my footprint in Miami and start spreading out. I love it's to have a ever
0: Houston. <laughs>
1: but the whole thing with me, where I'm stubborn is I be trying to do it all with my money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then when you, And that's why you're you're where you're at. Yeah, but there's also a lot slower that way because That's the question. I guess
0: that's my question. My question is I'd be a fool to be sitting here and be like, hey, franchise are fucking amazing. Mm. When do you think would be the turning point that you'd be like, you know what? All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hire
1: some How about like this? Someone talking about it is one thing, but someone bees about it, someone says, "Look, res, I own this building right here. Damn, you own this building? Yeah, man, fly out of here I go see the building. I can get this land, this license here's Okay, I could do something. But when it comes to, like, I want to change this to this, but if I do that, I want this. Right. I didn't even ask you to change that to this. (laughs) Right. When they put terms and shit. And it starts turning into some weird stuff. So, like, I just want to do it with the right people. And whoever I do it with, I want to make sure they really fuck with the community where they're at. Um, Part of the reason why is successful is, all these dispensaries are are gentrificators. Like, there's chap shops on my block. I don't care. I don't hate on them. I got love for the trap shops, you know, I don't do anything illegal no more, everything's legal. That's where the fuck I came from. So how can I hate on something that came up that same way? How are they competing on me when the people go there to buy pounds and I can't sell pounds in my dispensary? So why would I hate on them in any way? But most other dispensary owners would call the police on them, had them shut down. They're not from this game. They don't understand it completely. I look at it like the more corporate it goes, the more people lose touch. So there was a Litco franchise. For example, when I came here from downtown, I'm from L.A. I even lived in downtown part of my life, but I'm not born and raised in downtown. I lived in MacArthur Park and Asbury and then Sonia when I was young. I used to pump out there and everything when I was younger. But I'm not from downtown L.A. I used to do a lot of graffiti in downtown L.A. I got roots in downtown L.A., but I'm not from downtown L.A. And because I'm not from downtown L.A., when I got opened up Litco, I try to work with everybody that's really from downtown L.A., starting right here on this block. You're Arthur. author. You want to do a book reading here? Oh, you're an artist. You want to paint right here? You're this or that. Let's build. So let's say if I did, let's say example, let's say I did a lit cone in Oakland. I want whoever I did the lit cone in Oakland with to be able to work with the people in Oakland, try to save some people out there from the projects and give them an opportunity. Have some people try to finish parole or whatever in the dispensary. Like I hire felons. I give people second chances. I do a lot of things other dispensaries don't will not do. Yeah. That's fucking huge. So I would want them maybe not take all the same risk as me, but but be open to the community. A lot of places they say we're gonna well, get this building, they, we're gonna bring the infrastructure there, boom, bam, boom, bam, and now it's here. Well, but if, they don't the only people from the neighborhood they have is like doing security. Okay, you're good enough to be a guy with the gun, stand at the door, but you're really this or that. I'm talking about give people some real. People that's really from that community that's active in that community, give them some real positions there. Then your business is going to go up because they're already involved. with Everybody there in the neighborhood,
0: right? And those people are going to start promoting the business. Those people are going to watch your back. Those people are Correct. going to, you know, be be your the people you're investing in. They, they're, you're investing in them, and they're going to invest in the company.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the thing is, is you there? There was no res for you when you were growing up. No. If I if I had someone like that, I would not even be here right now. I'd be I would have been retired. Right. But
0: how many people that had similar opportunities? and didn't make it, you know, didn't make it. So obviously there's only one rez, but if, if, if there was a rez, you know, that you grew up with, you know, hey, I'll give you a job. You, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be here with all the reward,
1: but you wouldn't have struggled what you struggled with either. I wouldn't have struggled. I wouldn't have gotten a lot of trouble and been through some of the shit I've been through. I think about that shit all the time, you know? Um, but also I think about all the pain and shit I went through and things that I thought was like punishment in my life was blessings because it trained me and brought me to this day. All the terrible things I've done to people, I did that to learn that side when people try to do that to me. So I like I like some of the things I regret in my life, some things I'm ashamed of. I looked at Those were all lessons to help me here with what I'm doing now today. So I am going to stand all sides of the coin in the card. Um,
0: do, do, you, do you live? I mean, it doesn't seem like you live with any regret or like, got, do you live based on the regret? Like, you know, you, you know really, what they say?
1: You really want to know how I live? I'll tell you right now. I live like every day's my last and I live like I know for sure death is on follow. Death is promised. That's the only thing we, we promise in life is death. We're gonna fucking die. Death and taxes. Death and we're gonna die. And death's gonna follow. Death, every every breath I take, death's getting closer and closer. Like, you know, we age, motherfuckers die. So my whole thing is, when I'm gone, well, how am I gonna be remembered? How long am I gonna be remembered? What am I leaving for everybody else? What's my what's the legacy I'm gonna leave behind? That's fucking deep. And that's what I think about. Then it becomes not about money, it's about a movement, it's about your it's about a case. moment, and that—that's and that, what you've
0: done. Yeah. That's what you've done. So, that's fucking huge. You, uh, you, you, you did. Uh, how was the graffiti when, when you got when you were jumping in that as a as a child? I love graffiti, man. You
1: know, graffiti's what made
0: Cause me you, rich. Because you did graffiti, you did uh, art artwork, and then you did
1: music too, right? Yes, I did graffiti. I did music when I was younger, and that's also like I got a lot of artists that want to sign with me, do certain things. And I work with them a certain way because I understand it. Because when I used to do music, I used to feel like certain people would play with my dreams and stuff, like errors of music, music change, you have know, certain limit to do stuff. So I would, ever, I would hate to sign somebody. I can't deliver like a major and then someone shelf and missed the error. So my whole thing, how I work with a lot of my artists is I just try to give them a platform. I don't sign them they they ain't really I ain't really even get nothing from them, really, you know what I'm saying, yeah, but you're just trying to I'm trying to see them blow up. I'm gonna get something from them by seeing them as their success. that's the reward seeing someone make it that what that that that's struggling, couldn't pay their rent, couldn't take care of the kids they wanted to, and then you' seeing them be able to get their kids everything they want and all that shit's legal and 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 all they saw in life was death, the penitentiary and shit like that that must be a that, mind that, that, fog, that, that's, like, that's 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 rewarding to me yeah and then if they blow up off the Lico umbrella they can always be low with the Lico, even though liquor didn't make no money with that doing that transaction they're always gonna come back and show Lico love because that's where they got they started
0: that, that that's that must be a mind fuck like the people are still in jail right now for fucking weed yeah like right now like I, I heard a story about a guy seven eight years ago sold uh this guy convinced them and undercover convinced them to sell him one joint and says hey man joint." but he was undercover he went to jail they gave him a 10-year sentence that's crazy. Fucking for one joint. And now it's legal. And I kind of heard that's, that's the whole reason the federal's kind of like, they don't know what to do because if they open it up, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits.
1: Well, it's not. It's, it's like all them Rockefeller walls, all them people that sitting down for all that stuff, they're going to have to let home. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to come home, especially in New York. New York's already there because New York's pretty much legal right now. Yeah. You could hold five pounds in your house. Um, you can walk around with two ounces on you in New York right now. That's where I love to get the next lico, to be honest. If I was to do any expansion right now. New York. Man, fuck California. I already got a Lico here. New yeah. York.
0: You you already got it down in lockdown. Yeah. I got one more question. Is it harder how long have you been a business owner in, in all
1: your businesses? Well, like it, like, how far can you take that back? Well, I can take it back to when I was eleven, twelve years old when I was getting fronted a few ounces. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a business. One hundred percent business. I got to be accountable for everything. I don't pay the guy; he fucked me up. Whatever. Like, yeah, it is what it is. No, it's a business. No, my
0: my question is more towards uh being a black business owner. Like real business, legit business, real business. What what pushbacks do you get? Is it a disadvantage being being black, or is it the same shit as everybody else? Are they rougher on you? like, Or that has nothing to do with nothing. Fucking business I can say say
1: yes on all three questions.
0: Yeah. No, I know. But right right right
1: now. I'll I'll elaborate. So me being a business owner, looking the way I look, a lot of people don't even think I'm the owner of Litco. Right. Or I have Litco, which is cool, because I get to see people's true colors how they treat people before I introduce myself. 100%. A lot of times, though, I have a lot of jewelry. I have big bust-downs. I have fancy cars, all that shit. But I'm at a point in life where I don't care about that shit right now. I try to blending as much as possible. I'd rather pull up on a, in a 2000 Corolla with dents in it right now, because I could be on the block with everybody and just not look too crazy. And I could be up in any projects, building with people and stuff like that, not looking like I'm trying to big dog everybody. Right. Uh, when you, I bought all my, this is what fucked me up. I bought all my jewels and my chains as like a trophy when I made a certain amount of money. And when I bought it, I went through all of my, like a lot of people, I was trying to inspire the people I was coming up with. I'll pull up on them, shine all wall, my, my drip on, jump out the whip. And I, was, I did this to inspire them, show them they can do it too. If I just dropped 150 on chain, you could drop 150 on chain. You know what I'm saying? You drop, yeah. I dropped 50 on watch. You could drop 50 on watch. Get this yeah. money. The money's here. You, all see all me make, the you see me make it from nothing. But instead of getting the inspiration from that, they felt like I was trying to big dog them or I was trying to shit on them or yeah, they people take it, take it different. They, they they, they t- t- they'll tell you something They to took it the, the wrong way. And so I realized I've been able to help more people without all that. Like, you know, the bling and all that shit's cool for like the deal closing shit when you don't got money and you're trying to get on and you motherfucker got the big bag and boom, I got the bus down, I got the big chip I'm getting money too. See the deal closing car, got the deal closing chain, deal closing bitch for the deal closing house. Yeah. oh that shit's cool when you're trying to come up when you got shit already. You don't make f- it till you make it. Yeah, you don't need that shit no more. So it's like I have all that shit, but like, I'm at a different stage in my life. I want to be able to walk down Skid Row without no security, without no gun on me, without any weapons, without worrying about anybody trying to take anything from me, where I can just move, without me having to move so alert, where I can really interact with the homeless people down there, the people, I can sit there and blend in. I can see how regular people are being treated, not just how I'm being treated because I have a business. I feel like having a black, I feel like all the dispensaries in L.A., beginning of them, a lot of them were all black-owned. So a lot of people don't know. So in 2006, when I opened, Mad Lion had one. It was one of my neighbors. A lot of people had them. What happened was a lot of people sold prematurely. Didn't see the value of the long run. And this is before, way before it went legal. I'm talking about they sold they, they sold early 2000s and stuff like that prematurely. And then there wasn't a lot left. And then, you know, like a lot of people came in and started really um, controlling and dominating the market. And there's only there's a few few of us that. They got business in the cannabis space or the cannabis field, but I do have an advantage for that. A lot of these artists and stuff, do not they want to fuck with me because where I come from and who I am and what I have versus somebody they can't relate to that has the same things that I have. So it works out as a pro and it works out as a con. And then I have corporate people that will try to shit on me or not want my crowd at certain events because my crowd is kind of rowdy. Right. Whatever it is. But you got the influence. It, 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 you are the influence. It, so it's, it's hit and miss. And we don't need that shit. We throw our own parties. We do our own events. And that's the whole thing with Litco is to be self-contained, self-sufficient with everything. That's fucking amazing. And that's, and that's the goal.
0: Last thing, what, what would you, uh, to, to the young kids, to the kids under like 15 years old, what, what piece of advice growing up in, in you know, uh, This is what I love downtown. to tell you, this, is,
1: this is what I love to tell any kid, man. How can I gotta say it metaphorically? I got to explain it. A lot of times in my life, I was real close to even being a lot more successful than I am right now. And I got so close, I didn't see it until I got older and was able to admit it. Got so close, I was right there. But as I got closer, it got a lot harder. And when it gets a lot harder, it's easy to quit. And once you quit, you got to start all over. Your buzz is gone, complete, kapush. And why did I quit? Is my loved ones, my family, the people that was the closest to me, didn't support me. They didn't believe in my vision, they didn't see my vision. The closer I got to success and making that vision real, they told me it wouldn't be real, it wouldn't work. And I started believing that shit. And once you believe the haters hating on you, you don't have a fucking chance in the world. It's done, it's a wrap. You gotta believe your own bullshit so much it becomes real you can touch it. You gotta believe your own bullshit when no one else is gonna believe in it because no one's gonna believe in your shit unless you believe in your shit. And if you don't believe in your shit, you can't believe it enough for it to become real.
0: And you'll fail. Exactly. Over and over and so over again. So the way again. the game
1: works is when you build something and you're chasing your dream, it starts out real easy. You're walking down the street. Then all of a sudden there's a small incline. You're walking up like a, not a steep hill, a small hill, and then the hill gets steeper. Then all of a sudden you're climbing cliffs and then rocks are falling off. You're about to slip and lose your life. And then you'd be like, man, fuck this. I quit. <laughs> I'd rather go do this. But when, falling, but when you're losing your footing, you're already at the top of the mountain. You're about to step over the top. You might lose your fitness. Then you can go back to a hill and then walk. You're right there at the tip of the fucking top. But, but I didn't see it when I was there a few times in my life. Yeah. And as I got older, I realized Or somebody it. offers you a, an
0: easier path. They're like, hey, get off that fucking rock.
1: I got you I got you a job over here and people quit. In my life, in my world, the biggest thing that will lead you on success is your friends and your loved ones. I hate to say it like that because I love my friends. I treat my friends like family.
0: I say it on and this I, fucking I, I, podcast all the time, I, I treat man. my
1: loved ones like family. All the gangsters I know that died, a lot of them were all killed by their best friends. A lot of times, other people, their opposition was blamed for it, but a lot of them were killed by their best friends. Man, because they were making more money. They wanted their position. They wanted their power. The only person that could hurt me are my friends and my family. The only people that have been able to steal from me or hurt from me throughout my life my friends and my family. So... I say this to say that. And sometimes your friends and your family are not going to be supportive as you want them to. You got to run like a horse on your blinders when you see your vision and say, fuck everybody else. If, if your girl ain't going to be down with you, I'm not saying leave your bitch. If your mom's not going to be lying. I'm not saying leave your family. Yeah. But tell them to the fuck off. I'm doing my shit. Don't I'm watch me run mean. these laps. That's it. And show and prove. Actions speak louder than words. Don't talk about it. Be about it. That's my advice. And stay off drugs, man. Drugs fuck you up. Stay out of prison. That street life, man, no one wins, man. All ends up with the iron bracelet or the box, the pine box. The way to win right now, it's like, it's wide open. Like these kids don't realize they could do anything like social media, nothing. You could build a brand. You have Amazon. You have all these things where you don't even have to pay rent to have a store. Websites. You can have a digital store. You can have this. You can have that. Whatever you do, they'll stick to it. Don't be discouraged. Stick to it and make sure it's in your heart, it's your dream, it's your passion. Sacrifice your personal happiness. Work on it seven days a week. Sacrifice your personal happiness on something for two years, three years. I guarantee you'll be a success. Anything you do. Fucking amazing. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Pam. Appreciate you having me on the show. Appreciate you being on the show.